Tell me who you hang with and I will tell you who you are. Welcome to another episode of Investees. I missed you last week. I was sick and completely unable to record. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the mindset that the stock market helps develop. When I was younger, my mom would always tell me, Dime con quien te juntas y te diré quien eres. The only thing I gathered from that was that she did not like my friends. I definitely didn't see the truth in that statement. But as I began to mature and reflect inward, it was glaringly apparent that my mom was right. At 13 years old, I had the realization that those that are around me most definitely are a reflection of who I am. This was the time that I got pregnant and I gave birth at 14. While I won't share about the specific people that surrounded me, what I will share is that I was the only one out of my friend group to make it to high school. As I reflect and look back, I can't believe how much a 13-year-old who is about to give birth can actually mature. It felt like a natural instinct, and it didn't matter how old I was. And while I can't speak for everyone, I can only speak for myself, I watched my level of maturity accelerate. One of the biggest ways I changed I became very ambitious. I didn't have ambition before being pregnant. Being pregnant just ignited this drive. It was almost like I was hunting. And I would imagine that this is a normal experience. It was something that I absolutely experienced with my son at 36 years old when I was pregnant with him. But the amount of maturity that takes place and in such a short period of time, you really have to let go of who you were just months before. I felt like my entire brain changed. And so at just a child myself, I really began to reflect and make calculated decisions on how I was going to move for the rest of my life because I knew that every decision I would make was going to impact my child. And they weren't always perfect decisions and they definitely were not always the right decisions, but all of those decisions did get me to where I am today. And if I understand anything at all, I understand the power of experience and how a new experience can really drive us to change, change in our mindset. Because when your perspective starts to change, the perspective of those around you also begins to change. And we can always flip this. If you're not changing and those around you are not changing, then everything stays stagnant. If your life goals and ambition are not reflecting the actions of those that you're surrounded by, then it's time to seek those that will inspire you to help accomplish what it is that you see for yourself. 
And there's science to back this up. It's called the polyvagal theory. You should definitely look into it. It has a concept in there that pertains to the co-regulation of the autonomic nervous system. It breaks down how nervous systems around you will influence your nervous system and how your nervous system has the power to influence those around you. It's important for us to choose folks around us wisely. Investees, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Tell me who you hang with and I will tell you who you are. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to discuss the correlation between understanding the stock market and household income. Investees, I'm going to have a special event on November 11th in Dallas, Texas, called Brujas of Wall Street. Brujas of Wall Street is a nod to Hetty Green, one of the first most wealthiest female investors in the stock market. Hetty Green was born in 1834, and she was known as the Witch of Wall Street. This was a reference that was intended to discredit her capabilities in the stock market. It also didn't help that she was always wearing black. Estimates of her net worth ranged from 100 to 200 million. This is 2.5 to $5 billion in today's day adjusted for inflation. She had proven her investment track record and Hetty was no longer called the witch of Wall Street. She was known as the queen of Wall Street. As a nod to Hetty's experience on Wall Street, we are celebrating our participation as women in the stock market, the barriers we've had to overcome, both external and internal, the continuous fears we face, and the amount of education we take in consistently. We are building a legacy, and on November 11th of 2023, it is time to celebrate and solidify our efforts as we make a pledge to ourselves, our family, our community, and one another. Together, we are making history. The event is going to take place in one of the most elite places in Dallas, one of the oldest mansions that was built in 1925 in a very private and exclusive room with top-notch cuisine, wine, conversations about investments, conversations about the growth of our community. We are also going to have a couple of ceremonies because we can't have an intimate event without a proper ceremony. For more details on the event, head over to patreon.com backslash in lose we trust. I also want to give a quick thank you to the head bruja in charge of Brujita Skincare, also one of our Patreon members who is giving everyone in attendance a little Brujita kit. And we're back. I was doing some research a couple of weeks ago on household income, and I found something really interesting. For household income, the top 1% makes around $850,000 a year. The top 5% makes $450,000 a year. That's almost half. 
The top 10% makes in and around $250,000 a year. I was really out here believing that it was so much more than that. And the reason I thought it was more than that is because I have been able to make $250,000 in just a matter of months. And I know that sounds really freaking crazy. Before I go any further, let me describe exactly what this chart that I'm looking at is communicating. This is a chart for real average household income. Real stands for adjusted for inflation. It divides different households into six different sections. The top section is the top 5% of household income earners in the country. The last sections on the graph are broken up by quintile. That just means five different sections. So these sections are the most common household incomes in the United States of America. The top quintile, the first one that is broken up out of the most common five I just mentioned was the $250,000 a year mark, which also equates the top 10%. Everyone in the last four quintiles, in the last four sections, make less than 109,000 a year. Meanwhile, the top 10% makes 250,000, the top 5% makes 450,000, and the top 1% makes 850,000 a year. The chart has been tracking these household incomes since 1965. What starts to get really interesting is the last four households in these charts, the ones that are making $109,000 or less, have almost no real increase since 1965. Those four sections have been running steady. And then the top 10% the households that make 250,000, 450,000 has a completely different movement in the chart. You can see the continuous growth that is explosive as years go on versus all of the households that are making under $109,000. It pretty much looks like a flat line. We're gonna include the chart in the show notes. So if you wanna take a look at the chart, feel free to head over to the notes. Now, the 1% line is not included in this chart. This only shows the top 5% and below. It also shows the columns during recessions. Now, here's where this gets really interesting, is that during each recession, you can see how everyone that makes in and around 100000 or less, it takes them so much longer to recover their household income after a recession. It can sometimes take several years versus the top two charts that reflect a household that makes over 250,000 and the household that makes close to 450,000. It shows how those households 
are actually making money during a recession. While those households that are 100,000 and below are taking a long time to recover. I can see in the chart how our fear truly paralyzes us and holds us down from advancement during recessions. Now, I want to make it very clear that I do understand that there is lack of resources, that there are barriers of entrance to information and becoming a household income that is in the top 10%. As someone that had parents that came to this country as immigrants with no money in their pockets, and as someone that was a teen mom, I was a teen mom and I was in gangs and I really felt like I had all of the odds stacked against me. To see myself push through to the top 10% has been such an incredible experience. And I attribute this experience to my mindset. It feels like a co-creation, like, yes, of course, I'm thankful to God, source, universe, but I'm also very clear on free will. And I know that I could have buried myself in the negative experiences that I had growing up. And so we're clear what propelled me when it comes to money was my participation in the stock market. That was the education that really helped me understand to disconnect my emotions from money and begin to use money as a tool. I got really curious. And so I pulled a stock chart from the S&P 500. We've talked about the S&P 500 multiple times on this podcast, the S&P 500 tracks the top 500 publicly traded companies in this country, the largest companies. It turns out that the S&P 500 chart and the top 10% of earners in the household income chart had the same trajectory of growth during the years and during recessions. The same. I don't think it's a coincidence that it moves the same. I think it's the level of financial literacy and understanding from the top 10% that money is a tool. In the album, How to Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar, there's a song called Wesley's Theory. And I always think about this quote by Dr. Dre in this song. He said, remember the first time you came out to the house? You said you wanted a spot like mine, but remember, anybody can get it. The hard part is keeping it, motherfucker. And that reminds me, according to the National Endowment of Financial Education, 70% of lottery winners go bankrupt within a few years. So sure, maybe the top 10% is littered with generational wealth, but also maybe the generations that came before that wealth made sure to provide their descendants with financial literacy and strong modeled money relationships so that they wouldn't lose the money. And while it's important to acknowledge a high quality education as well as a head start, it's equally important to acknowledge our personal power and the capabilities that our brain 
holds. Some of my favorite high-level earners and investors are all people that started at the very bottom of that line on the household income chart. They started at zero. And so many of them are my friends. Dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. That is today's takeaway. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. Investee's podcast is brought to you by Cosmic Standard and In Lose We Trust. A special thank you to the team, Eliza Smith, Jacob Winnick, Asia Simpson, and Nina Gensler-Debs.